One of the greatest joy about being a parent is just watching your children grow up, especially someone like around the age of Eli. Um, he's, he'll be turning four on May 9th, so a couple more days here. It's his birthday. And so one of the things about just watching a child like that grow up is just they discover new things all the time, and they have new interests all the time. And recently, probably the last few months here or so, he discovered video games, and so he's really good at video games now. Uh, we play Call, Call of Duty together, and he always beats me at, at that, and he's really good at that. Um, every night we would take him, I would, we would take him, tuck him in bed and everything, and we'll tuck him in bed and just, you know, tell him to go to sleep. And now we, we'll, we'll wake up around 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and he's up playing video games, right? <laughs> video game room. And so, you know, uh, yesterday I was telling last night I woke up and I saw him playing video games, and I was telling him, Eli, it's time to go to sleep. He said, Dad, I hate that word. I was like, what word? I hate sleep. You know, so he wanted, you know, he just wanted to play video games. So that's one of the great things about uh, being a, a parent is just watching your child grow up. And as Christians, we also, also go through a maturity process in our own life, and we also go through a growth in our own life. I'm sure that as Christians, many of us, we all have our own Bible verses or some or things of that sort, our own Bible verses that really help us to help us grow in the faith. And for me, for me, it's Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 2. This Bible verse here is the Bible verse that brought me back to the church because I left the church for a while. Growing up in a church, I was very disappointed in, in the church that I was a part of. Um, I left the church for a while and I came back to the church because of this Bible verse this here, this Bible verse here Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2. And it really propelled me into the ministry. And so when I look at this Bible verse here, it's just something that it just means so much, so much to me. And as we read this Bible verse here, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. Every single time we see that word, therefore, in the Bible, it's always referring us back to the things that are before it. It's always referring us back to the things, the, the, the stuff that came before it. And what the Apostle Paul is doing here is he is referring us back to Romans chapter 1 all the way to Romans chapter 11. And he wanted us to understand exactly how we are to respond to the love of God. Because in Romans chapter 1 through chapter 11, he basically just shared the gospel, the entire gospel with us. He shared about how we are sinners, how we are so undeserving of this great, amazing love of God. And yet out of his own love, out of his own mercy, out of his own grace, he sent his son to die for us, to provide the way for us, to restore us, to reconcile us back to this holy, holy Holy God. And he spent the first 11 chapters of Romans just explaining this, just explaining this over and over again, just making sure that we understand exactly how much God loves us. And many times just growing up in a country such as this, where we are so fortunate, we never really experience 
the love of God in our life. I know that ไปลุ้นเนี่ยยันดุโคกายเลยลุ้นเนี่ยสอนเนี่ยไปปอดเทไปลุ้นเนี่ยยันดุโคกายเลยลุ้นเนี่ยโอ้ว่าดาตอด
would die for us. You see, kings, kings, they send their people out to die for the king, right? That's, that's how human, that's how the governmental system, that's how the, the human system works. If you're the king, they send you, the king sends the people to go out and die for him. You know, if we start a war with North Korea, we're, we're going to go out there. <laughs> you know, President Trump is not going to go out there. That's the way it is. That's how it is. And every single governmental system by man. But you see, in the system of God, he doesn't send us to go out to die for him. But actually, he came to die for us. You see the difference? And it is through that death. It is through that love that he died for us. And it is in view of that mercy that Paul is talking about, in view of the, that mercy, that we are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. When I read this word body here, it's as though the, the Spirit of God, through all of his wisdom, just understood that 2,000 years ago, if I use the word heart, then these people are not going to understand anymore. Even though in the Bible, the word heart means everything about you, nowadays we often look at the word heart as simply just our emotion. And so it is as though the Spirit of God looked forward 2,000 years later and he understood that if I use the word heart, these people are not going to realize or recognize what I'm talking about. And so he inspired the Apostle Paul to use the word body. Offer your body. In other words, offer everything. Everything to me. You are to offer everything. Everything, your eyes, the things that you see, the things that you watch, your eyes, let it bring glory to me. Watch the things that bring glory to God. Your hands, the things that you do, let it bring glory to God. Your feet takes you places, the places you go. Let it bring glory to God. Don't go to places that don't bring glory to God. Don't do things with your hands that don't bring glory to God. Don't watch things with your eyes that doesn't bring glory to God. You see, what, you see what the apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is teaching us here. That it's everything. It's everything. We read, the, we read the Bible verse earlier from Luke, and it says, unless you hate your mother and father and so forth. And I know that's, that's a very, very hard Bible verse for us to really understand. Those are the words of Jesus Christ. And the Greek word is actually not hate. And the Greek word is talking about, it's comparing something. It's about loving less. It's simply about making Christ everything in your life. It's about making Christ everything in your life. And unless Christ, unless Christ is the source of your life, you cannot follow him. That's what he's basically saying. If, if, if you're still putting your parents above Christ, if you're still putting your children above Christ, if you're, if you're still putting the, the wealth of this world above Christ, then you simply can't follow Christ. But Christ must be above all things. He must be above all things in your life. And not so much that he must be number one, because many times when we talk about him being number one, it often implies this message, that we're still in control of him, that we're still in control of Christ. But it is that we must get off our own throne and let Christ sit on that throne of our heart. And let Christ control every aspect of our life. The way we relate to our family, the way we relate to our, our, our parents, the way we relate to our children, 
our wife, our spouses, our husband. The way we relate to the church, everything comes through Christ as the source of that. As the source of that. And that's what, that what, that's what it means to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice. You see, in the old monk system, we used to kill pigs, chickens, cows, and things of that sort, and we used to sacrifice that and offer it to the spirits. He doesn't want dead sacrifices as how we practice in the old days and old religion in which we killed all these animals and give to spirits. But he wants us while we're still living to offer our lives as a living sacrifice unto him. To, to have complete surrender to God. And it says that this is your spiritual act of worship. You see, we talked about this before, but oftentimes when we talk about worship, we often emphasize on, on the expression of worship, but we hardly understand exactly what worship is all about. A lot of church emphasize on the expression of worship. But what the Bible is teaching us here, that the way we truly worship God, it's not about clapping hands, not about raising hands, but it's about giving up our life to God. That's the spiritual act of worship. That's how we worship God. So you can be in here all quiet, not do anything, but if in your heart you have truly surrendered yourself to God, that is what he wants more than anything else. Your spiritual, your, your expression of worship, that's up to you. But what God really wants is you. You see, God doesn't want just your money. God doesn't, he doesn't want just your house. You know, sometimes, you know, some people, will, when, I, when I often talk to them and say, you know, I, I never go to church, but, and, and I don't, I never associate myself with the church, but once in a while, I donate money to the church, so that should be enough, right? <laughs> Some people will say, you know what, I, I don't go to church, but you know, once in a while, I let you guys come and use my house for your fellowship gatherings and things of that sort. But we need to understand that that's, the Word of God is saying that He doesn't want our house. He doesn't want just, you know, our money. He wants all of us. He, want, he wants everything. He wants everything from us. And he wants us to put him at the center and let him control everything. Like I said, that's the motive. The motive is just his love, his grace, his mercy. A lot of times we often question ourselves, why is it that I'm not motivated for the work of God? Why is, isn't, why is it that I'm not motivated for the church? And many times it's really because we have yet to come to face God's love. How amazing and how great and how awesome it is. It's really, it, words itself, I can, I can speak up here for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. We can write a million words, and we can never truly express fully how much God loves us. And we see some people, they're so, they're so motivated for the, the, the work of God. They're, they're just there all the time. They're so motivated to build up the church. They have this passion, this dying, this dying passion for the church. And we see that in them. We see that in them. 
And we wonder why, why that is. It's because in their life, they've experienced the, the love of God. They've come face to face with the word of God, or the love of God. I find out that many times some of the most passionate pastors, some of the most passionate pastors, some of the pastors who really love God, who, who has this dying passion to serve God, are pastors that come from a very, very poor background. Many pastors who used to be, you know, thugs, who used to be drug dealers, who used to be ex-convicts, many of them, they experienced the love of God. They experienced the love of God that transformed them. And as they begin to serve God, they become so passionate about it. I don't know how it is in, in the Methodist church if we have those type of pastors. I know that a lot of times in our home churches in the CMA, we, we don't like those <laughs> kind of pastors. He, he, used to be, he used to be a thug, you know, we don't want him here, right? But we, all, we often don't see that God transforms people. And those people that God transforms from that life, I, I, I have a friend who used to be a gangster. He used to be a gangster. He was in jail for 12 years for a drive-by shooting. He's now serving, now he's now serving in uh, Wisconsin as a pastor. He just has a dying passion for the Word of God because God has transformed him. And through his, through his experience, he's seen the love of God. And that's what motivates us. That's the source. And when we do that, we no longer conform to the patterns of this world. But like the Word says, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are transformed. The love of God transforms us. Apart from that, we can't be transformed. We can't reach up to God, no matter how hard we try. We are dependent upon the love of God to transform us. And I pray that God has transformed all of us one way or another. And I pray that we all come one day to face, if you haven't yet, to face God one-on-one -on -one just to see the love that he has given to you. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much, Father. Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, upon that cross. But Father, as sinners, many times we come to church and Father, we, we don't realize how much you've loved us. We don't realize how amazing your love is, but regardless of this, Father, we, I, we ask. We ask that you bring us to that realization. We ask that you bring us to that point that we will come face to face with your amazing grace and that we will know exactly what it means that once we were blind, but now we truly see. And it is only through your, your, your grace that we can see. It is only through your grace that we can live as a, a living sacrifice unto you. Father, we pray that this church, that the people of this church, would offer up their bodies and their lives up to you as a living sacrifice so that you will be glorified in everything that we do. And we give you all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.